One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 105. I am back today with a third edition of Making Good Book Club, and today we're talking about Superfans by Pat Flynn. Before we jump into the episode, though, I have something so excited to tell you about, and that is my brand new free resource for you that I kind of can't believe I'm giving away for free. If you're like most small business owners from time to time, you just feel tapped out and fully out of ideas of what to say and write in your content. Sometimes the hardest part of marketing and content creation isn't creating the content itself. It's knowing what to say in the first place, which is why I created a free PDF with 100, yes, 100 content prompts you can use to write great content that really connects. You can use these prompts to guide your social media content, your email content, blog posts, whatever. I know this list will spark a ton of ideas for you, and I cannot wait for you to download it. To get your copy sent to you straight away, head to makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Okay, so let's dig into today's book club episode. If this is new to you, here's the short version. Making Good now has a book club. Once per month, my co-host Sherelle and I will discuss a book we think can help move the needle in your small business, and we'll share some of our key takeaways specifically for small businesses. My co-host is marketing strategist and book lover Sherelle Griffith. Sherelle is an amazing small business owner who adds so much to the conversation around this book, and I am so glad she's agreed to join me on this journey. If you want to get to know Sherelle a little bit better and hear her approach to business, definitely go have a listen to episode 87, which I will link up in the show notes. And I'll also link to our first two book club episodes in the show notes. So far, we've covered Mindset by Carol Dweck and Atomic Habits by James Clear. Today, we're diving into a conversation about Superfans by Pat Flynn. Of the three books we've done so far for Making Good Book Club, this one is by far the most practical and easy to apply. This book is all about how to, to really this book is all about how to really develop those relationships with your audience that will take people from learning about your business to becoming super fans. And super fans can be some of the most important and powerful parts of your business success. So this is really an effort worth pursuing. In this episode, we discuss what the book is all about, talk through some of our key takeaways, and then we offer some practical next step suggestions for you. And then at the end of the episode, we share our choice for next month's book club. Just a reminder, if you want the updates on book club, you can sign up to get notified at makinggoodpodcast.com slash book club. Okay, let's jump on in. Sherelle, welcome back to the book club. Hey, thanks for having me back. 
I'm delighted that you're back and I'm super excited about today's episode. We are talking about Super Fans by Pat Flynn. And so this is our third book club episode. The first we did Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, and that's all about kind of like a strong way that you approach your business and life mentally. Second, we talked about Atomic Habits, which is about setting the systems up in your life and the habits that will create the life you want and not just making plans and hoping. Um, but we're finally into a marketing book, which is like, I know both of our love languages. <laughs> so I'm thrilled to get to chat with you today about this. Yes. Um, let's dive right in. What, like, if I were to say, what is super fans about? What, how would you answer that? So it's about creating the people that basically love you. So not even fans, super fans. It's people that are going to buy virtually everything that you put out. They're the people that will, you know, comment on your stuff, come to your events, be your brand ambassadors and your advocates. Like they are the people basically that are crazy about you and what your business does. And they therefore actually like buy into your business and help bring other people into your world as well. Yeah, absolutely. They end up doing a lot of your marketing for you, which what could be better than that? (laughs) And he mentions this in the book and um, I think we'll link to it in the show notes, but a lot of this concept, there's an essay that was written, I can't remember when, like 2005, 2008, something like that called 1000 True Fans. And you'll hear people talk about this essay. It was written by Kevin Kelly, but it's about the idea that we often think that to be successful in our businesses, we need like millions of people in our audience and our orbit who like really are all about what we do. But the truth is, if you do the math, it's, it's actually not that it's like you need the essay is all about if you had 1000 true fans, which could also be called super fans, people who are all about what you do. They want what you sell. They support you. They share about you with their community. Um, and they, you know, like, let's say they each spend an average of a hundred dollars with you per year. A thousand people who spend a hundred dollars with you per year is a hundred thousand. Like, and that's, that's a pretty good living for a lot of people. So, um, this concept of, I think one of my overall takeaways from this book, maybe I'm skipping to the end of the episode early, but (laughs) one of my overall takeaways is that it's worth, I think a lot of the conversation in marketing is around how do you get in front of new people? How do you grow your audience? How do you, um, get bigger and more popular and more followers? But the book reminds us that actually the most powerful people in our businesses are not that like marginal next follower who's going to up our follower count by one. They're the people, they're the really committed people who are there with us day after day, month after month, year after year, supporting us, continuing to invest with us. Um, and, and so it's really worth in terms of our marketing and our business investing in those relationships and making those people feel and like understand how important they are to us. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. The Kevin Kelly, a thousand true fans essay is one that I discuss a lot because so many people, the first thing they'll say to me is I want to increase my visibility. Like I need a bigger audience. I need to increase my visibility. And we feel as if, if we just had more people know 
about us and our business, then the business would grow. But actually what mm-hmm. Superfans is doing, it's, it's the complete opposite, is, is actually you just need to focus on probably the people that are already in your world, but taking them from what he classes as like just a casual or an active just in your world and turn them into the super fan. So actually for many of us, it is a, it's a, a thought process of actually looking and saying, do I already have enough people in my world? It's just, I haven't taken them on this journey where they brought in enough yet. They haven't become a super fan, but rather than thinking like you need to just get more people in, it's just actually like, you know, as we say, marketing, like you've got to warm people up, but it's like turning them on fire is what I think. What we think of turning mm-hmm. super fans is taking them all the way to the top so that basically virtually everything then you put out in your business, they're going to buy. And also they're the type of people that would buy the extras. They will buy, you know, the exclusive access, the, all the extra whistles and blow, all that type of stuff. And that's where we really can see how like, when we talk about like lifetime customer value, it's like over the span of their life, they could spend so much with you if you just invest and give them the opportunity to be able to spend more with you as well. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And as you're talking about um, <laughs> setting them on fire, not literally, of course. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the way that he describes this in the book is what he calls the pyramid of fandom. And mm-hmm. so if you think about a pyramid, it's, you know, a triangle essentially, and there are different levels of it in the pyramid of fandom. So at the bottom of the pyramid is what he calls the casual audience. This is everyone who knows about your business, whether or not they have any like connection with you or not. Um, they know about you. The next tier above casual audience is active audience and active audience is people who are a little more engaged. They, you know, maybe like your stuff, they respond to your stuff. Maybe they're a subscriber to your newsletter, but they're not like that, that much of part of your community. The next layer is, or the next level is connected community. And this is where people get a little bit more engaged. They comment more often, they respond to your stuff. Um, they're just a little bit more active. And then the highest level above connected community is super fans. And these are the people we were describing before who are just all about everything you do. They're there for you. They're excited. Um, and the reason that they're excited is because you've made a difference for them. Like this is a two way Mm -hmm. thing, right? We're we're doing something for them and in exchange they're you know, uh, supporting us financially and otherwise. So most of the book is about how to move people through this pyramid, starting from the bottom of casual audience up all the way up to super fans. So it's divided into a few parts. And the first part is moving people from casual audience to active audience. The next part is moving people from active audience to connected community. And then there's moving people from connected to community to super fans. So how about we just talk about each of these sort of transitions? Yeah, that's cool to me. So we'll start with casual fan to active audience. Um, And, you know, as Lauren was saying, this is about helping in order for them to get active, they need to know who you are and what the brand has to offer. So we need to, 
I suppose, really get people to understand us a bit more. So they could have been someone that had just seen something because someone forwarded something to them, for example. So maybe you make this content and it's been forwarded to them. And it's like, how do you now then actually make them be an active audience rather than just someone who just is in your world, but they don't really know that much about you? Um, and one of the things I, I took from the book, which is something that I really do try and embody in what I do in my own work, it was like called Return Every Handshake. And this is the idea of like comment on everything, respond mm-hmm. to everything. Um, and I know, and it's, I mean, it's annoying in a world where there's bots. And so then sometimes I'm like, should I not be replying to you? Because you're clearly a bot. I like also half the time comment to like semi-spammy messages. I'm like, I'm just going to keep responding <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> just to, I'm just going to keep responding. I'm going to show the algorithm that I'm here and I'm real and I talk to everyone. But, you know, I see so many people that don't. It's like, actually... If someone has taken the the time and the effort and the energy to comment on anything nowadays, it's pretty much a miracle. So set aside time to actually go back through all of the channels where you're creating content, all the places where people could comment and return that. Actually try and also ideally try and start to have a bit more of a conversation because obviously the more we can start that conversation, that's going to help really for them to remember who you are. Um, so the more you can put into those returns, whenever someone puts out that hand in the first place, the more you're going to get out of it. Yeah, I love that. And I think so much of this book is like just kind of reframing what to focus on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we focus a lot on like, how do we get people to comment on our stuff or engage with our stuff? But we don't really then also talk about, okay, what do you do next? And you're right. So many people do get these comments. Even if the comment is something simple, your expectation should be that you respond to everything. Even if it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, thank you so much for saying that. It could be that simple. Ideally, like Cheryl says, you're continuing the conversation somehow. But um, yeah, it's, it's really easy not to do this because you get what you were looking for, which was a comment, but that's not where it ends. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that's the first thing you brought up. That's really important. Um, one of the other sort of sections in this part is about learning. He calls it learning the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And the reason that it's titled this is because his wife is a super fan of the Backstreet Boys. And so he's (laughs) been like very kind of interested in how, how that happened. How did she become this super fan who has like collectible dolls and like all this stuff for the Backstreet Boys. And one like sort of business lesson he took from that is that Backstreet Boys lyrics are like perfectly targeted toward teenage girls, which is when his wife obviously became became a fan of the Backstreet Boys. And so the, the point is like, we really need to speak in the language that our ideal customers speak in, really understand what their pain points are, what their life looks like, and like most importantly, how they talk about their problems. I think a lot of times when we're marketing, we tend to talk about like, we talk about our solutions from a solution point of view instead of from a, like our customer is not looking necessarily for a membership program. They're looking for a way to get more accountable and consistent in their marketing. So Mm -hmm. really understanding what, what they're looking for, what they're struggling with, and then communicating what you have to offer in those words is super important to kind of be able to um, bridge that gap between what you have and what they need. Um, I actually like what Pat, he said in the book that define the problem better than they can. 
And actually mm-hmm. I think, and I do see this with some people that I feel like actually sometimes you might have a client or customer that isn't necessarily able to articulate what their problem is always in the best way. Um, but if you can, by doing this market research, by listening, by paying attention to people, manage to find a way that does sum up how they feel. And when they hear it said or they read it, they can resonate with it, then that is really powerful. And I, that is a hard line to get right. So I think sometimes if we don't use the exact same words that um, our client uses, then we could just be making up false words that they don't resonate with. But if you can manage to actually articulate it in a way that's not what they would say, but when they hear it, they are absolutely like, yes, that is me. Then you're absolutely onto a winner of turning them into an active audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing in the sort of category of moving people from casual audience to active audience is um, what he calls breaking the ice. Mm-hmm. And this is about sharing about your life basically outside of business and kind of the details that these are ways that people connect to us. So even if it seems like really simple and not important to you, it's really interesting the way that humans make connections. Like we're always looking for what we have in common. So um, basically giving people the opportunity to find something in common with you, whether it's like, you know, this is my favorite kind of book that I read <laughs> or like, you know, like uh, this is the brand of face mask that I use. And this is my morning routine. Like, the details that don't seem relevant, like actually sharing that and giving people an opportunity to connect with that is really powerful. Yeah. And I think some people find this quite difficult because they might be quite a personal person, like the rose. And so they don't want to be sharing everything like online. But I always say to people, if, if you are like one of those people, actually, you don't have to share everything to be giving people the opportunity to feel as they get in to see you and your life. Like you can be very specific mm-hmm. about a few things that you uh, do share that just help people to have a few connection points, but just help you to feel like a real human rather than like a faceless brand, basically. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Sharing, doing this break the ice, as he calls it, is not, you know, documenting every second of your day and all the like intimate details of your life. (laughs) It's just choosing a few things that you're going to share that maybe don't relate to business, but do have some role in your life. And um, what one of the benefits of this is that people start to kind of associate that with you. And so, for example, like if you love uh, Star Trek and (laughs) you talk about Star Trek all the time and you have like action figures of Star Trek, then when people see that out in the real world, they start to think about you. And so that's just a way of kind of bringing you into their life more than just when they assemble upon you online. Well, I mean, the example probably as well, like, because Pat Flynn, he talks about the DeLorean because he loves, I forgot what the film's called now. Back to the Future, that's it, isn't it? Back to the Future. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and he gets a lot of people sending information and like sending pictures and stories and all that stuff to him about Back to the Future because he makes it so clear that that's one of his like interests. Yeah, yeah. The last kind of thing that I took away from this casual audience to active audience section of the book is quick wins. 
So this is an awesome thing to do, no matter who you are, what your business <laughs> is. Basically, give someone a very immediate win that is a quick solution to a small problem that, you know, it could be in an Instagram post. It could be in an email. It could be in your Instagram stories, like whatever it is, whatever the platform is, show people that you can solve their problems really quickly by giving something small, like a small win away immediately. Um, do you have any examples of like what a quick win is or do you use this in your business at all, Sherelle? I mean, I'd probably say, I feel as if most people that go through my blog, quite a few of them, people would say you get quick wins, like they read something mm-hmm. in five minutes, it answers a problem. Um, I feel as if it looks different in different people's businesses, but m- my take on it is like, don't only have the wins behind closed doors, basically, which I think yeah. can happen. It's this idea of like where you can try and solve a quick problem. Right. I'm thinking, I think this is easier to think about in terms of like service providers or people who um, yeah. do something for people. So, you know, I, part of my business is as I guess a service provider. So I can show people like a little marketing trick that will make something easier for them really easily. And I will do that a lot in my email and on my Instagram stories. That's a little bit more straightforward to me when I'm thinking about a quick win for a product-based business. I think that gets harder, but it's not Mm -hmm. impossible. So Sorry, did you have something to say? No, I was going to say, but even if it's harder, you don't have to do that. That's the thing. So like in this section, he has five different ways. We're not expected to do all of these. So I think Mm -hmm. whatever business you've got, it's also just a reminder, even if you could work out three, three of the five would probably be more than enough to actually turn someone from a casual fan to an active audience. So like actually through the book, I think it's nearly 20 suggestions that get made. We're not expected to do all of them. Like find the ones that you can actually quickly and easily add into your business rather than feeling as if you have to try and add everything. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that because he does emphasize that. And I had kind of forgotten that because I like to try to do everything. (laughs) That is an important point. If you are trying to do a quick win as a product-based business, I think something you could think about is like, how do you use your product or like, like if you're a can, if you have a candle business or a jewelry business, like different styling tips, um, how to take care of your product so that like it, it lasts longer. Um, I think thinking about what, what is involved in using your products? What are people's, um, pain points with using your product have to sound like usually, and then finding quick ways to solve those. Um, I've seen candle businesses talk about like how to take care of your candles so they live longer or jewelry businesses talking about how to clean certain metals. So like how to clean brass jewelry or silver or gold jewelry. So um, maybe that'll give you something to think about to start from. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say in this section of casual audience to active audience? No, I think we're doing a quite, pretty good job of going through what they are. Um, and also, but I suppose just to remind us, Lauren said, this is probably where we've got the most amount of people. So it's the bottom of that pyramid. So try casual fans to active audience. But also, I think being really aware, you will lose some people. There will always be some people that are not willing to go to the next level. And not to stress too much about that. Like, we're going to put in these tactics that are suggested and 
just focus on doing them and then knowing that as more casual fans come in, that at least hopefully you're going to be making a higher proportion of them turn into an active audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just kind of part of the, part of the deal is that as you go up the <laughs> pyramid, less people come with you and that's, yeah. that's just how it works. Um, okay. So the next section then is moving from active audience to connected community. What does this mean? So connected community, and actually one of the things you didn't mention in your summary at the beginning that I thought was important is where we're giving people also a space, not just for us to talk to them. And so this may be about they actually respond to our emails. We're having more more in-depth, we might have DMs, that sort of stuff. It's also about them being able to talk to one another and Mm -hmm. be able to feel connect like a connected community is not just about them being in your world but like they're being a world around you and they're all in it together and I think that's really key because when I think when there was one of the um one of the tactics suggested was about give them a name and automatically to me the person that just was a clear example to me is Denise Duffield Thomas so I'm a member of her money boot camp but she calls everyone in that a lucky bee and since that, I have gone to meetups with other lucky bees. Like I've literally traveled across the city to meet people that realistically I have no idea who they are, other than the <laughs> fact we're all, that we're all in the same program. Do you get what I mean? But it's because mm-hmm. she's managed to make, by giving us all a name, we all like feel like we are all got a sim- uh, similarity. We're all part of a community, which means it feels actually really natural to just go and spend an afternoon with people I've never met in my life because in my head I'm like but we're all lucky bees like that's <laughs> <it is. laughs> so that was a really good example to me of like when you get it right that's how it can work yeah yeah so this stage is right great point that it's not just about building a relationship with you it's about like the community overall and one thing he said about this stage of active community active audience to connected community is it's really about making people feel like they belong and so i think that's a really good sort of i guess viewpoint to have in your head and philosophy to have in your head as you're approaching really all of your marketing but in particular moving people to this stage of like continuing to warm them up to you know be at this level where they feel a lot more connected with you and invested um so what are some of the strategies here? Do you want to start off, Sherelle? Yep. So um, one of them that I really liked was let them decide. So this is where you let people in your audience decide. And I see this a lot um, in the world of books. So I thought it'd be a super uh, useful one to talk about. Mm-hmm. So now very often you'll see when people are creating their book, they will do multiple book covers and then they're like, which one do you think I should use? And so what you're doing by using this tactic is someone is in your audience, they then see your book covers and they're like, oh, I want A, I want B or C. And then they're actually like waiting to see what the outcome is because they want to see if you choose Mm. the one that they've said. So this is where it's about let them decide. And then whoever the majority is, that decision gets made. And even in conversations, it's like, you know, my audience chose this, like this is what the people wanted. And it helps to really position yourself in a different way because people feel as if they have been part of the journey and part of the process. So I think like obviously the book is a, a an easy example to like show, but there are, I know this poll, like anything basically where you're doing anything type of poll wise, where you can get people to like 
comment on what your name, maybe like, I know I've seen it, I think for some like product-based businesses, I've seen where people do like a planner and they've got different designs for what the cover would be for the new year, for example. And they're like, which Mm -hmm. one would you like the best? Like all that type of thing helps people to one, you're getting the feedback. So you know that you're actually putting something out in the world that people want to (laughs) buy. But at the same time, they're also feeling as if they've been part of the process. Yeah, I think this is um, maybe the quick wins one was harder for product based businesses. This one is very easy for product based businesses because you're always making things and making decisions Mm -hmm. and creating physical things you can show people and have them decide. And actually, just yesterday, one of the members of my community, Faye, her business is called Queen Faisal. She posted something on Instagram about her Valentine's Day cards and it was like, do you like this color scheme or this color scheme? All you have to do is say like one or two below. And Mm -hmm. so many people engaged, like people really love getting a chance to be involved in that decision-making. And like you say, like when you're involved, you're more invested. You want to see what happens. You want to follow the journey a little bit more. And so, yeah, that's, that's a great one. Um, Another strategy in this section that I love is he calls it open the factory doors. So show the behind the scenes of how stuff works. And he specifically says like something you've never shared before. So when I originally, like this really gave me a lot to think about because I do like to share behind the the doors, so to speak, but (laughs) I think he's kind of challenging us to share even more So he shares, I think it's him. Is it him? His income reports. Yes, he does. And he's done it for years. Like, because I've actually followed Pat Flynn for a number of years, but I feel as if it could be like over 10 years now he's been doing them. Yeah. So he actually shares his income by type of revenue stream monthly, I think. Yeah. Or quarterly. And monthly. Monthly. So. That's like, you know, that's outside of your comfort zone a little bit. And that challenged me to be like, what could I share that people would be really interested in seeing that is kind of beyond my instinctive, like, I'm good at sharing the, you know, this is what I'm painting or I'm editing a podcast episode. (laughs) And that stuff people are really interested in, like surprise, surprising to me as it is. People do like seeing like the, how the sausage is made as it, as it is, as it were. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of challenging myself to think a little bit deeper in this. Like what part of my process is not something I generally show, but that would be interesting because that's particular example that he gave of his income reports. I mean, that is so fun to see, you know, as a, as a reader or an observer. So, um, that's something I'm kind of noodling on right now. I have an interesting take on open the factory doors, which is because this is already active audience to connected. My, one of my things I say to people is like, if you want people to be on your mailing list, why are they going to do that? And so also what I'd argue is if you're thinking about opening the factory doors and like you were saying, you wanted to challenge yourself. It's like, where could you do that in a semi closed environment? So whether that's like a Facebook group or an email subscribers or something, which sort of gives those people a benefit that you can actually mm-hmm. honestly say like, this isn't something that I talk to everyone about. This isn't something I openly share, but because you are in my community, that's why I'm letting you in. Yeah. And- 
And I think that really, that, cause you know, that is part of this. We're trying to say we're moving them from active audience to connected community. So you're saying like, you know, thank you so much for already coming into my world as you are now part of it. Um, you'll, you'll get more of me basically. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I mean, so much of marketing is like giving people a good reason to take the action we want them to take. Right. Like, uh, actually, like we talked about in the last book club, we want to make it easy and make it attractive. So, um, you know, if you're saying, Hey, I share my income reports to my email list, here's an easy link. All you have to do is click this. That's easy and attractive. So I love that reminder to like give people a reason to do the things you want them to do. Do you have any other? Well, obviously I mentioned the one about give them a name. And I think this one is quite a difficult one, but I would always say people to persevere because I do think, as I said, it really worked for me being called a lucky bean, Denise Duffield Thomas's community. And I've definitely seen it in other communities. I feel as if, unfortunately, yeah, when it's the big names that I seem to like, when I think of the examples, it comes up. But I feel as if that's probably because it can feel quite awkward to try and think of a name for people. But um, mm-hmm. we can see how it really works in like, um, also like music. So like when I think of like Lady Gaga, they're mo- is it Little Monsters? And then like, yes. like Beyonce will have, uh, we're all bees, beehive, we're in a beehive. So I feel as if you can see from a world of music that it works. And so mm-hmm. I think just trying to think how you could, if it is possible for you to do that in your own world to help bring people along with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like this one. Um, and I totally agree that when it works, it works, but I feel like I have seen people kind of try to force it a little bit. (laughs) The name is kind of weird and you're like, "Hmm." um, so for me, this is one of those ones that like, if something comes naturally, I'll go with it, but I'm going to I'm not going to push it. <laughs> Fair enough. I do know what you mean about some awkward names. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? I don't, I don't identify as that name. Um, let's see. One other section in this um, process of moving from active audience to connected community that I really like is make them shine. And that's mm-hmm. all about like featuring your community members and featuring people who are in your connected community. And so maybe that's like, you know, shouting them out on your social media accounts, or if you have a story that's relevant from one of them, you could share that in your email list. Um, just small ways of like highlighting the people who really show up for you. Yeah, no. And I, I think you, it doesn't surprise me. You um, said that because even the fact you already mentioned someone from your community in this episode, I was thinking some people are just actively always thinking about like who is in their community and wanting to showcase them. And depending on what your business is, it could be that actually there is a lot of, they are creating stuff that you can share quite naturally. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think actually for, in some cases, like for some service-based businesses where you can actively see what people, like the results they get in, it's easy to start promoting them and sharing all their wins. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think also that goes, we can think about it again. It's also like, user-generated content in the simplest form like actually even if it's just like someone's taking a beautiful picture of your product and they've shared that there's no reason why you can't share that and be like really thankful and the fact yeah actually people are excited about that that if then their stuff gets shared because you're like oh 
Like, you know, people mm-hmm. don't expect people to respond. They just think, I'm just going to do this photo. I've wore this person's dress or I've, I've lit this person's candle. Or, you know, I'm writing in their planner. No, like not, people don't think everyone necessarily cares because obviously big businesses don't care. And this is where as a small business, you really have an opportunity to be like, no, like actually that means the world to me that you've actually using it and enjoying it and sharing it. So I'm going to mm-hmm. share it too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. User generated content is very powerful because yeah, it's a good way of like making them shine, but it's also a way of showing to everyone else following you that, you know, people love your stuff enough that they're going to talk about it and share about it. So, um, yeah, that's a win on multiple levels. Anything else on this section of active audience to connected community? So the only other one that I thought is used quite common nowadays is like this idea of like creating a challenge. And because a challenge is normally what I class is like an active period of time, but normally uh, not necessarily forever, but it sort of brings people together. Um, and I think in the book, I feel like I remember them talking about like someone was doing a like juice like a 30 day juice challenge. I feel like I could have absolutely made that up if I'm wrong. I'm really sorry, people. <laughs> but <laughs> there is this, just this idea of like, actually, can you put a time frame on what I, whatever you are doing that you can try and get people on board? So there is a shared experience where people are at the same time. And this is what comes back to this thing about connected community is because what happens during a challenge is yes, you might be leading the challenge, But because other people are doing it simultaneously, if you can put them in an environment where they can have conversations, they connect. And that's where then it starts to feel as if like you are a leader of a community. Mm -hmm. What for those? I like the idea of doing a challenge. Have you done a challenge before? I actually haven't. And it's one of the things I've been thinking about whether um, I should be doing one this year, because I feel like with my energy, I could definitely pull it off. But I've just never done one. (laughs) Yeah. Me neither. And I've, but I have kind of like signed up for different challenges and I feel like it actually, I think from the outside, it can seem like a big thing, but it actually doesn't have to be that complex. Like his, one of his challenges that he does is like the 100 people on your email list challenge. And it's Mm -hmm. like three days and, um, you get an email every day. Maybe there's a video with it or something like that, but it's pretty straightforward. Like a challenge does not have to be this whole huge thing that is like overwhelming to your life. Um, a challenge can be pretty simple. So if you have read the book, definitely read through that section and he has some great advice about challenges. The next section is the final kind of um, holy grail of this whole book, which is moving people from connected community to super vans. So this is what we all want. And how do we do this, Shrell? Oh, well. <laughs> uh, so, well, the one that I thought was the easiest, uh, I think if you're small to do, is this thing about sending unexpected messages. And again, this goes back to the idea that most people aren't expecting to actually get to talk to like the business owner. That's not what most people don't expect anymore. Um, and so his idea is like to use video ideally and like to send people video messages um, and like totally out of the blue, not for any reason, just he, do, he does it. He has this thing where he goes through his list and his mailing list and will choose out a number of people each time. Um, and I think all of us can do that. And I think even like obviously video is the ultimate, but also what I find quite interesting is um when I, if I send voice notes to people, um, 
even on like Instagram, it's quite funny. Some people don't expect like people to make the time for that. They just think, oh, everyone's too busy nowadays. Or they think you're a bot anyway. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> just like remind them that you're human. And like some people are like really grateful for that. And I think actually as businesses, we always have that opportunity like actually to send you know 10 videos if you're doing them all one minute back to back like you can find 10 minutes in a month just to have sat down and done that like he doesn't do it every day and that's the thing is actually how can you just do a little bit unexpected and go beyond um and just actually reach out to people that are in your connected community at the end of the day super fans aren't just going to be born they've got to feel involved and you can individually one by one actually start basically to build those relationships to create the super fan yeah, I think that's that is a really important point that super fan it's not like this strategy that's anonymous and people, you know, it it creates super fans. It's like a manual process of getting mm-hmm. to know individually the people who are really invested with you and your business. So, you know, um another strategy in this section he calls remember the lemons, which I think has to do with Um, he was working in a country club or something or a restaurant (laughs) and, um, you know, remembering the regulars who want lemons in their water, like knowing things about people. So, um, really being willing to like, when you notice that people are really engaged, really kind of participating in your world, you know, go follow them, mention them on Instagram, leave comments on their stuff, get to know them and, you know, remember things about them. It's much more of like a, scrappy is the word that comes to mind (laughs) approach to marketing you know it's not the like big fancy uh funnel process but it's powerful like that human connection that thought that attention is like you say it's not what people expect so being willing to do that really sets you apart whereas i like to class it the more manual process But like, cause I do, um, I will like go through my email list and I actually look to see who's like the most active opens. And then I would look to try and see if like, I do have them also on my Instagram account. And then like, then I'd actually like send them a DM. And I think that's mm-hmm. the thing, like, that's not a massive, cause there's some people that open my email every single week. So I was like, clearly you're engaged. Why don't I actually start having a conversation with you? So it's manual, but I'm like, it doesn't have to be so like, scrappy there. <laughs> it's just that fact that like you said, this isn't mass. So when we're looking, but to be fair, I think actually throughout the whole process of the book, even if we do look at this whole thing about um, some of the other things that got said, you can't always do everything on mass, but that's fine because we're not trying to make a million super fans, are we? So right. actually, if you were to think to yourself, I'm just trying to build super fans, like if you could build one extra super fan every day for three years, that then could potentially set you up in your business for the rest of your life. Is that not worth the manual effort? Hmm. Yeah. I know there's so much glorification of like automating everything and hands free and you can do it like on vacation, (laughs) like it'll keep running without you. But this whole book is really about what makes the most impact on people is that one to one human touch. And it's just not that hard to do. So um, and again, you don't have to do everything on this list. Just pick a few of them. And and so few people do the things on this list that even picking a few of them will set you apart like by a lot. Um, Another thing that, you know, you're talking about picking the most engaged people on your email list made me think of there's a strategy in this section called offer platinum access. Mm -hmm. And it's really about identifying VIPs or um, super engaged people and thanking them and, you know, acknowledging their support. Even if that is just, 
they open every email. Um, maybe it's they buy everything you sell. Maybe it's, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Just going out of your way to identify who those people are and acknowledging them. It could be a small thing that you send in the mail. It doesn't have to be like a super huge, I guess, gesture, but just the the effort of like even a handwritten note to those people saying, thank you so much for supporting me and being part of my community. That really, that matters to people. And what I'd add to this is your platinum access system doesn't have to always be free. Like I think actually you mm-hmm. can still use this as a revenue building opportunity because you could be, I think like, you know, one of the things he talks about is he does live events. And so it's actually like, do you put a meet and greet on the like the beginning or the end or like an intimate lunch or something like that? And it's like, people are still, sometimes people are willing to pay for that, but still that actual opportunity to have got closer to you is what helps them to feel like a, like it, what reinforces a super fan. Cause I suppose that's actually them proving in that moment. <laughs> I am the super fan. Like actually I am so much of a like fan. Like I do want to ha- be able to have this extra experience that is exclusive and it's not been offered out to everyone. And then through that process, they're going to be obviously building their relationship with you even further, which is really going to like solidify their status as a super fan. Yeah. Good point. But I think part of that is even if it is a paid offering, it's not offered to everyone, right? Yeah, exactly. Super, super good. (laughs) There's one other tactic, which I wasn't 100%, which was about getting them involved, Mm -hmm. which I couldn't really remember what the example was. (laughs) Because I feel like it's because I get confused with, because get them, let them make a decision was like, felt like a really natural, easy thing. So I think that's why I like get them involved. I get it like a little bit mixed up because that is also getting them involved. If that makes sense. So that's why. Yeah. I think this one is just, it's the same concept, but kind of just elevated. So it's more like, you know, brand ambassadors or people who like he was talking about the walking dead. Like there's some fans who started a walking dead (laughs) podcast and then now they're like affiliated with, with the franchise, um, or different super fans who have gone on to work for the business that they are fans of. This doesn't mean you have to go hire people necessarily, but, um, yeah, the, the first thing that comes to mind for me is the people who are kind of identifying themselves to you as super fans, giving them the chance in like a really concrete way to go out and market for you, whether it's like their affiliates or um, brand ambassadors. Yeah. Just the people who are really showing up, finding ways to make them even more involved in a more formal way. Yeah, no, that makes absolute sense now. And yeah, I think for some people's businesses, yeah, it can be quite easy. I think, you know, some people can set up affiliate programs quite simply and brand ambassadors. And it's just about making like, again, it's because it, it brings people in closer. Like if all of a sudden someone's an affiliate and then like you're sending them emails about, again, this is where you can show more of the even further behind the factory doors. So you can be sharing even like further in advance what's coming up and what you're excited about. And so they feel even closer to you and they feel like they've got exclusive access. And then when the time's right, they get to go out and share about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So the last section of the book is called the dark side of super fans. And I love this uh, bit. <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah. Because I think uh, like too many books 
are just like all about the positive, like build the fans, it's going to be great. And actually, I think probably naturally, I'm slightly a cautious individual. And I think, um, you know, even like when we talked, you know, one of the points we said about like putting your life online, like there are, that is massively scary for some people and we have seen the negative impacts of that and I believe that actually by addressing it that's what helps more business owners feel confident about uh being able to go after that rather than just ignoring it and pretending that 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 stuff doesn't happen so the fact that we he addresses in the book the dark side I was like yes Pat (laughs) (laughs) so there's there's kind of like the way I read it two sides of this section of the book one is about Basically, like, don't let it go to your head, you know, like, don't get too big for your britches. Don't feel like, I don't know, don't, don't, when you have all these, like, raving fans, don't let that make you different, basically, or think you're better than. Um, And he has some great, like, anecdotes. And he even says, like, he shares some of the mistakes he's made when he's kind of, like gotten a little too big for his britches and I really appreciate that about him um so that was one side of it and the other side which I think is more maybe what you're referring to is about safety really essentially Mm -hmm. um so he just has a lot of good practical tips about you know don't ever put your personal mailing address on things um including like your email list uh be careful about like location tagging where you are um And yeah, like when you're sharing things about your life, like always have a bit of, like you say, caution around that uh, when it comes to like, you know, that your house numbers aren't in the background or like Mm -hmm. identifying information on a piece of paper. Um, (laughs) Just being, you know, knowing that not everyone has the best intentions or like has the best, I guess, common sense around how to interact with people who have like a bit of a platform. Yeah. But as you said, like there's really, it's really, this section is really practical. And in fact, the whole book is practical. That's one thing I'd really say. Um, Mm -hmm. Like every, like Pat is definitely someone that has taught his way to success. Um, And this book is no different. Like he is teaching you, he's sharing things that are really practical. Every single one of the um, points that we've discussed in the three sections, they had like an exercise at the end for you to try and think about how you can like apply it and implement it in your business. So it is a very practical book. And yeah, even this, the last section, um, he definitely gives you some good pointers. So if, if you are like me, you're a bit more cautious uh, that this part of the book is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we had like just a general structure for these book club conversations where the section after the main takeaways is how do we apply this to our small businesses? But I mean, this whole book Like that's exactly what we just talked about. It's all, it's so practical and applicable and like specific examples of how to apply it. So this, this is a fantastic book for anyone. If you are listening, maybe you've already read it and you agree with us. If you haven't, it like we have talked through some of the main points, but there's so much detail and specific example that is like really worth reading. So if you haven't read it, this is a great one. Um, and there's like a, I haven't done it, but there's a companion course that you get mm-hmm. access to if you buy the book. So, um, or I think probably even if you like rent it from a library. So, um, there's, there's a link for that in the book. So I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I think it's just a way of kind of going deeper. Yeah, I haven't done it either, unfortunately. So I cannot add any further comments. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so let's talk about like, what would be one or two main next steps that you would give someone as a result of reading this book? So I think what actually would be the best thing to do is to choose one of the tactics from each level, because actually what we need to do to get people to super funds ultimately is to be doing things at all the levels all of the time. Because I, what we don't want to do is just be like, okay, fine, I'm just going to sit here today. And really, like we were saying before, it's really easy to be a business that focuses on like, I need to be more visible, I need to be more visible. So maybe you now have this like waft of people in your world that are all casual and you're like, I need to bring them to active audience. But actually what you, you need to be doing all three. You need to be moving some mm-hmm. people up to active audience, ensure that when they get there, they move to connected and then connect to community and super fans. So yeah, I actually would say go through, work out what is one for each level that you're like, okay, I can really commit to this and that is what I'm going to commit to um, and stick to that for a while and just try and do that. Because I think obviously there's so many um, and it can become really overwhelming. But if you were to at least do just one of each, then at least that should hopefully be bringing people through the three stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think my, that's that's an awesome one. Mine would be, I mean, that's, that's, that's the really practical takeaway. I think mine would be more like (laughs) philosophically, um, just kind of adjusting how we think about marketing a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. marketing does not have to be this big mass build millions of followers type thing. It can be each individual person who's really engaged, like investing in that relationship one-on-one. And so I think maybe my, the really practical takeaway from that is like, responding to all your comments, right? So what does he say? Return every handshake. So respond to every single comment that people leave for you with something thoughtful. And when you can like continuing the conversation, but, um, never letting those, those gestures of like outreach and support go unanswered, I think is really, really important. So that would be my, my practical one takeaway, but I think this book is so good and so full of practical stuff. So I hope that everyone reads it. Yeah. And I think another one, if you wanted me to be more practical, I suppose would be just like, remember to be human. <laughs> Cause I think yeah. that's the biggest thing in the book is actually just, you are a human. They are a human treat, <laughs> treat them with respect, treat them mm-hmm. as well as you possibly can within the space of the time that you have, like depending on the size, like depending on the size of your business, obviously it gets harder as it gets bigger, but it's like within your capabilities, like what you can do about burning out, try and show as much attention and gratitude to all of the people that come into your world. Yeah. Yeah. So good. We are moving on to announcing our next book. Sherelle, would you like to spill the beans? Do you need to do the drum roll? Yes. <laughs> it is Profit First. And I am so excited about this book. This is probably a book that I talk to people about the most, like business, money, profit, mm, 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 sets my heart on fire. <laughs> so I'm so excited to read this book. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. Um, when I interview guests for the podcast, I ask them for a book recommendation. And the two books that I think have been recommended the most and I'll have to do the math, but I'm pretty sure it's these two. Atomic Habits, which we already did. Go check that one out. And then Profit First, because it is 
it's one of those books that really changes how you look at your finances in a really good way. So mm-hmm. super excited about this. Cannot wait. Well, Sherelle, thank you so much for another episode of Making Good Book Club. I am so delighted to have you as my co-host. I think this was such a fun conversation. I hope everyone goes and reads super fans if you haven't already, and then go pick up a copy of Profit First. Yeah, I look forward to hearing what people think of super fans. Obviously, if you have li- if you have listened and you have read it, we want to hear your thoughts. And then hopefully we can have another great discussion about Profit First. That was such a great conversation. This book is an absolute goldmine of tips for small business owners, and I hope you all get a chance to read it. Sherelle and I both want to hear from you. What did you think of the book and our takeaways? Agree? Disagree? Have something to add? Connect with us on Instagram. Sherelle is at Sherelle Griffith. That's C-H-A-R-E-L-L-E-G-R-I-F-F-I-T-H. And I'm at Lauren Tilden, L-A-U-R-E-N. T-I-L-D-E-N. Notes from this episode can be found on the show notes page at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 105. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.